All right, it is the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode 11. I'm your host, Josh, with Kyle, as always. We got a special guest tonight, Yagami. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All things Yagami on YouTube. Very much. We're happy to have you here. Uh, we were connecting a little bit over, over some games. Uh, oh, yes. Dark Souls, in particular, was one we... I was really excited that you were, I found that you were into that. I was like, oh, nice. Trash. Oh, talk to somebody about it. Trash. <laughs> oh, no. I will, I will teleport myself from my country here in Algeria all the way to the United States. I will slap you and then just go back to my hometown. <laughs> you got to stay and visit for a little bit during this lovely time care. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all it's everywhere it doesn't matter i have it here you guys have True. it there it doesn't really matter yeah. we got our our first case in my uh in my county today just right down the road first confirmed case i should say it's probably all over the place yeah, yeah we it's, somewhere. that's what people think it's just like you know the disease is waiting until they announce where it is going to be next no it's yeah. You know, it's getting everyone is getting infected. We just don't mm-hmm. know yet. Iceland has announced today that fifty percent of the people have it. They don't even show symptoms; they just carry yeah. us. So, that's that. Fun stuff. It might yeah. be that I have it right now. I don't even know it. You True. don't. You, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I might be purposefully giving it to a bunch of people, and they don't know. <laughs> Oh, there's yeah, a guy. Did you see in the news that guy that did that up here? Which one? There's a bunch of them. Oh, uh, come on. There's the was, guy in Japan, too. Well, <laughs> he, up in Tawanda, I think, it was, I think it was Tawanda. He was running around grocery stores and he coughed on everything. In, oh, that I guy. See. I saw him on the news. He got captured, I think. And there's, yeah, there's the guy the from Japan. That. The guy from Japan, he's a over 50 year, years old. He got confirmed positive. The authorities and the hospital told him, to, you know, you need to stay home and wait it out. And he phoned his family. He said, I'm going to spread this. And two, three weeks later, he was pronounced dead. Now, the reason is not actually just the coronavirus. He had, uh, you know, cellular cancer in his lungs. So I think he knew that he was going to die. So you know what? If I'm dying, I'm just going to take a whole bunch of people with me. And, of course, he went to Dark Souls as a undead, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another story. Everything comes back to Dark Souls today. We're going to bring it up nope. at every turn. Yeah. I'll, be, no, I'll be in the black, just chilling over in the corner. I don't, I don't know shit about Dark Souls. I never will. I don't want to. The game's trash. No. <laughs> no, no, it's not trash. Now, here's the deal. Um, I was playing recently Dark Souls 3. And, you know, I have my friends on Facebook, it goes without saying, and I just posted a big phrase, you know, on the, with, with the fonts and everything, death is only the beginning. And lo and behold, it appears that my uncle saw that title, and he thought I was suicidal. So he calls my mother, my mother calls me, and she's super concerned. I told her, Are you, is he crazy? There's no one clinging more to life than me. <laughs> there's nothing that would kill me so it was funny i had to explain to him that there is this game and the main theme of game is dying and coming back to life and it takes mm-hmm. place after life and all those things and there are undead and he didn't understand he didn't want to understand he was like you know 
society and people need you and all those things. I'm just like, oh, come on. That's a, that's the perfect reaction to seeing that on, on social media, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of look at art from his perspective. He's not a gamer. He's not into my world. All of a sudden, I post this title, Death is Only the Beginning. Oh, God. Someone is going <laughs> to slit his wrists or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I See, I wouldn't take that as suicidal. I'd take that as you're about to commit like a mass like oh yeah yeah no, genocide no, no, he, or something <laughs> well such things doesn't exist here because it goes without saying if i was in the united states and i post this immediately the cops are going to show on my house but because oh, we not, live in this country true. where no is... one does these things you know people think you're just going to be offing yourself you can't kill all this so, so. So you think the cops are going to show up? That is absolutely not true. People post stuff like that all the time, and the police <laughs> never get involved until it's after the fact. Yeah. Oh. Constantly yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. You see that with like all these like mass shooting. Not all of them. I, I take that back. With a lot of them, at least, you see they're like, yeah, it was this? He seemed like a normal guy, and then they're showing like posts he made on like Twitter and Facebook. It's like, I'm about to commit a mass shooting. <laughs> it's just like it's like, oh yeah, clearly the police didn't respond, or it would have been. They would have noticed that he he admitted to it beforehand. Apparently, his no, no. The best thing hard. is, the best thing is that the media and politicians, your politicians and your media, mm -hmm. mostly the first thing they do if there's a mass shooting, they want to look at the guys. What play? What games did he play? Did he play mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto? Did he play Call of Duty? And all of a sudden, the problem is not the suspect who killed you know all of these innocent lives. The problem is the games that he played. And the entire discussion is just going to be games, 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 games. It's weird too, because like, I, like I said, I don't know what it's like all around the world. But I know like we oh, focus on it's violence so much on like the news and just in TV in general, like media in general around here, not even yeah. video game related. That it's just like, now, yeah, yeah, why yeah, are we putting it at games so much? Before like, games, it used that... to be other things. It used to be movies. Before movies, it used to music, be music, radio, yeah, so... yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, it's whatever whoever's in charge doesn't understand. It seems, or whoever is in a position to uh, to act, it's whatever they don't understand. Like over here, like we have so many older politicians who are like in their seventies, and are just so out of touch with the internet that it's just like, uh, why, why are you in charge of this? Why are you in charge of regulating the thing you, you don't even use? Well, I forget who the guy was. There was that one guy who literally said. Uh, I think he was, in, he, it was when he was uh, interviewing the CEO of Google. And he's like, now, sometimes I get problems on my phone. Is it because the tubes of the internet are getting clogged up? And he literally thought oh, there were God. physical, like, tubes that the internet was based on. Like, they just, he had no grasp on how, what the internet was or how it worked. And yet oh, he's please. in charge of making laws on it. I'm just like, what? Now, you think, you think that's just politicians. Well, let me give you a tiny story about the local internet technician so i was trying to boost i had two megabytes we talked about yesterday about my internet speed i said i have four megabytes i used to have two megabytes and the procedure here to upgrade from two to four is that you need an engineer quote unquote to come to your house and see the you know your modem your configuration and uh, test the internet and see if it's possible for you to have four freaking megabytes seriously uh, in, your, in your internet, people are having 100 megabytes and 200 and a one gigabyte, and we are still talking about four megabytes. Nevertheless, mm -hmm. it comes into my house, and the main reason why I wanted to upgrade it was back in 2016, because in 2015, they did something. They started 
closing internet ports for the people that savvy in the domain. So, for example, if you're playing a video game and an online video game and you put in YouTube, you want to play, you listen to some sort of a music. If you put a video, for example, your ping is going to jump from 50 to 400. You stop the video, it goes back to 50. You start downloading something, your ping is going to jump all the way to 1500 and stops there. And of course, that's not good because you have Wi-Fi, you have other people connecting, you know, in your internet and your sister, for example, is trying to look at her pictures in Facebook. And every time she clicks on a video or a picture, the ping goes from 50 to 400 and you can't play video games and it's just a nightmare. So I had to upgrade my internet. The guy comes in and I explain to him that this is wrong because I'm in the domain. I know how these things work. They are doing this. They're throttling the internet and clogging it. And he, here's the way that he explained this. First of all, he looks at the internet and he said, well, look at Google. He, it charges really, really quickly. He doesn't understand that there is cash in my computer that yeah. makes Google loading <laughs> quickly. Why do you need to upgrade to 224 megabytes? I'm like, dude, that's my own problem. It's my money. I want to I wanna give more money to you know, our telecom. Yeah. And uh, never mind. So he's checking things. I'm like, you know, one of the main reasons why I want to upgrade is because when I'm playing video games and I showed him the ping, I showed him the millions, you know, the milliseconds and everything. And I mm-hmm. launch a YouTube video and the ping, of course, jumps. I said, this is why. And he's like, well, this is normal, man. Of course. You see, here's how it works. If you have a tap that has oil in it and you mix oil with flour obviously that oil is not going to be flowing the same way the same fast i'm like what the frick are you talking about brother (laughs) this is the internet why are you talking about oil and flour and mixing them together why would you mix oil and flour the first time so it was just weird things i'm like this is the engineer that is in charge of my own internet (laughs) no wonder we are in, yeah. you know, in the in the gutter of the internet countries. <laughs> yeah, I. So is that person that comes to your house and actually like works on it for you? Is he the same person that goes back to the office or wherever he goes and actually handles it on site as well? It's he's the guy that calls the shots. So here's what happened later because I was like, dude, I want four megabytes. I don't care what's gonna happen. I had a fight with the superior and he was like, dude, just give him four megabytes. He's annoying us because it's been three weeks. I was back and forth, back and forth. And he was yeah. like, no, he's not, you're not going to get four megabytes and the cables. And all that. I was like, I don't care. Just do this. I know what I'm yeah. saying. And he picks up the phone, calls the center. He says, this guy wants to upgrade to four megabytes, open his ports. And I kid you not. The two megabytes that I had that was bad became the best thing that I've ever seen in my life. It was just because they were closing these ports. So my internet was not functioning as it should be. Yeah, because like uh, I've had a similar instance like dealing with people like that around here. But the guy that comes out to like my house to set up my internet has no knowledge of like how it not. I don't want to say he doesn't know anything. Why? he he comes out and his only job is to literally run the cable from the pole to the house. He doesn't check like that it's functioning well or anything like that. He just physically checks that it's attached to the house and then it's up to me to make sure that I'm getting the speeds I'm requesting and and so forth. That is absolutely the same. I have I don't have, see 
in my country, it's understandable. It's a third world country. We live in Africa and, you know, technology is not a thing here. But when I hear the same stories in advanced countries, I was, I'm thinking, what is going on here? Why are these people working in this large, you know, network and internet companies? They don't even know what the word ping is. And that's mm -hmm. just weird. Yeah, the, the standard of entry in a lot of positions is next to nothing because they just want to put a... It, they feel like if they can just get somebody in that position, they can stall you long enough to the point that you'll give up and they don't have to worry about you being a problem anymore. Because it's, especially because they know they have a monopoly on it. You're not going to drop them because you can't. Oh, of course you If can't. you want internet, you have to go through them. Yeah, it goes without saying. And of course, as a result, my gaming day to day, I, I'm talking right now, we talked about this yesterday, my ping is stable at 200. I can't play video games. I need to wait until after midnight, so my ping is going to drop. Why? Because, well, the coronavirus and they throttle instead of helping the community who was stuck in their home and self-quarantined. Yeah, yeah we right. don't have as much of an issue like that here because they're still making a lot of us go into work. I know Kyle, he's still working every day. I go into the office. I'm back now. It's stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we also had uh, CPR training mm -hmm. the day before. Uh my coworker walked up to me. He's like, "Hey, they're doing CPR training at the yard. Like, do you do you want to go get be you know certified?" I'm like, "Fuck no." It's like, "Why?" Uh, because I don't want to fucking be in a room full of fucking seventy people learning about CPR when this fucking virus is going around. Like, I have That's... I haven't been to the yard at all, and I don't want mm -hmm. to be because there's too many people. I like being isolated, but. I, I didn't go. It's not mandatory, so I didn't fucking go. I mean, it's being responsible too. Like, like where I'm working, they keep cramming people into our conference room for different meetings, and they had like a luncheon, I think yesterday, where it's like 30 people in a tiny little room. It's like, what are you people thinking? And then they're shocked when somebody gets sick, and they're like, ah, oh, hopefully it doesn't spread. It's like you probably already have it. Shocked because you all cram into the GPG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, they just. They don't get it is the problem. And it's, they, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, that's the thing. But, yeah, luckily, my internet's been fine. At least when I've gotten home, I've, I haven't had any issues lately, which has been good. You mentioned well, yesterday you've been playing a lot of... Uh, Doom Eternal. Doom oh, Eternal. I love yeah. that game. That's an amazing game. Have you ever game. played Doom? No, I watched gameplay on it. My, uh, I watched my cousin play it. A long time ago, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, this game's the best game ever." I'm like, "I'm not interested for some reason." I ha I just, he's like, "You like first-person shooters?" I'm like, "Yeah, but that doesn't mean I necessarily have to like this game." It's different. It's different from what I've heard, and I'll let you uh, talk about it, Yagami, because you've been playing a lot of it. Oh yes. The thing is, Doom 2016, especially, came out at a time where. A ton of modern gamers, modern shooters to be precise. The Call of Duty like genre is dominating the scene yeah. for good reason because that brings a ton of money. And it's mm. people have forgotten the classic way of playing FPS. And even Doom itself was struggling because, at the f you know, when they're developing the game, they had a very different idea. They were going to release this Doom the one that was in 2016, as a Call of Duty-like shooter. 
you play as a marine fighting demons and you have iron sights and reflex sights and modern weaponry and you advance in a corridor and everything. And that was going to be definitely killing the Doom franchise. Luckily, yeah. luckily, they had many problems with Rage at the time and they needed to postpone the game and they rethought the whole thing together and we were like, okay, this is Doom. Everyone knows who do what Doom is. At a certain point, it was the most popular program ever in back in 1995. So we can't screw this up. And they decided, you know what? Let's make an arcade game. Let's make it just like the old one. We just need a reboot, a tiny reboot. And uh, we just want to make the Doom guy, which is the protagonist, a badass. It's just a godlike, you know, it's the concept is you're not stuck in hell with demons. Demons are stuck in hell with you. And I love that concept. So many chords were, were struck back in 2016 for me and Doom in general, because number one, I was kind of tired of modern FPS shooters. There's too many of them. I kind of, I like Call of Duty, but it's too much. I always had that itch, you know, because I'm too a big of a fan of Quake, Unreal, and, you know, that genre in general, where you move super fast. You can double jump, triple jump. You can dash in the air. You have so much room. There's so many weaponry. You have more than 10 weapons in your slot. You don't need one weapon. So it creates kind of a unique style of play. And that's lost in these days. You have to play just like the others or you, you can't do much. And it created so much unique pro gamers like Vitality, for example, if you guys remember. Uh, if you just go back now and watch different pro gamers in the Quake scene or the Doom scene or Painkiller, you see some sort of a unique flavor to them. Each one has their own personality. You go back and you watch, I don't know, one of the pro gamers now. Everyone plays the same. doesn't matter whether it is Overwatch or Call of Duty. Or you have certain rules. You abide by those rules. And you just have your good reflexes and good team communication and there you go so having doom 2016 come at the time where you see floaty 3d you know weapon models and uh you're just mm -hmm. ripping and tearing and killing demons and armor health packs and armor all the, laying out in in the universe and, and the world that was a breath of fresh air and it was just play the game you don't care if there is a story or not. Actually, it was a joke. They made it as a joke. Is Your protagonist doesn't care about the story. You know, there's like, at the beginning, there's exposition uh, trying to tell you what's going on. And he, bring, you know, grabs the monitor and he throws it away. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to kill demons. And that's amazing. But, yeah, it, it is like a breath of fresh air. Because like I said, you have, like, even like Battlefield was in that, that vein is like Call of Duty with the modern shooters. Oh, yeah. Um, you had like uh, Counter-Strike was in that same thing. You had Arma. Um, uh, I can't even think of all them at this point. But you have a lot of like modern shooters. Even in third person, it's still the same style of combat. It's all just More than 10 years now. The same thing. More than yeah. 10 years. Even Halo got overshadowed by Call of Duty when Call of Duty was a thing. Everything yeah. was overshadowed. It's, these genre of games disappeared. You no longer see these fantasy games where you don't need to explain why my character double, triple jumps and dashes at the same time in the air. They need to be in a military situation. They need to shoot civilians. And that created much, much stigma for the video game genre. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Well, even with like, um, 
like uh, Titanfall was one where there and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, like they started to get into like the more future, uh, futuristic sort of uh, combat with the jumping and uh, Titanfall I was leading into with then Apex where they started getting away from it. Apex obviously is much different than Titanfall, I think. It's it's kind of adapted quite uh, a bit more. It's If you know a lot about Titanfall, almost every single character is actually based from... I'm not Titanfall. saying that it's completely different. No, I'm he's just saying like about it's, the gameplay. The yeah. gameplay is different in the fact that you have all these special abilities and stuff like that, which is different from Titanfall. It's not Call of Duty, but in the air with giant robots. Or yeah. It wasn't that distant from like Call of Duty at the time. I think personally that Apex is more like Titanfall 2 than Titanfall 1 because Titanfall 1 was a bit too clingy to the uh, modern modern warfare kind of, you know, generation. It was actually the same developers that made modern warfare. It was Yeah. Titanfall 2 for me is the best because it kind of is not, you know, a military shooter. It has the liberty and you have grappling hooks and you run through walls and all those things. And those are great. Nice. Well, Kyle uh, plays uh, quite a bit of Apex. You were what, Platinum rank, I think? Uh, Yeah, I'm still Platinum. They did something really stupid. <clears throat> I feel like I'm about to cough. Hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm good. Um, <laughs> uh, they split the ranking up into King's Canyon and World's End, which I don't know how the I feel two about different that. Maps. Yes, they they've reset you to Silver 2 and they're I don't know how long the events lasting, but it's just two different I guess ranks once it's done with King's Canyon, I guess it'll go back to World's Edge cuz I I would love to, you know, get into at least uh Diamond because I know I can since so what are the rankings after Platinum? Is it Platinum, <clears throat> Diamond, and then one more or something? It's plat- Platinum, Diamond, Master, and Apex. They put in uh, Master. I, I don't know why they did it. I guess they needed it. That's enough. a new one, right? Because yeah. I feel like it used to just be like... They put that in like this season for some reason. I don't uh, understand It's kind of like League of Legends and Overwatch. Although in Overwatch you have Master, Grandmaster, then Top 500. And in Apex you have Master and then Apex. Is Apex like top 100 Probably, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that, top 200 or something. <clears throat> okay. I guess if you are number one in the world, it tells you. Interesting. Like, it'll it'll be on a badge. Like, it'll be number uh, one in the world or something. Who's you know, funny enough, I don't Apex. think I need to worry about that. Uh, last time I checked, it was a lifeline, and I forget who it was. Why well, main lifeline? I love lifeline. I don't I know why. Can't. I am terrible I love, I don't. Oh, I think. I think because I needed to compromise. I always need to compromise because so many people just want to play the carriers and the tanks and the things that kills fast and moves fast. And I know that most people will not take a support-like character. So I was thinking, I okay, support. Yeah, I'm good. I would play Lifeline. She has that shield once she revives you. She has the uh, healing drone, so I can provide some sort of a help. And I like the fact that I can heal myself really faster than the average, you know, other characters. And just that, uh, probably it's not going to be a thing for others, but I think her silhouette is a bit shorter and she, meh, I don't think, I'm just overthinking things because in old days, when you pick a slim character, the hitbox gets slimmer. So that's Oh, her hitbox is tiny. Like it is, it is really tiny. Who do I play as? 
Uh, Pathfinder. <laughs> Pathfinder. The robot. Yes. Is that what? You play Pathfinder. I thought I played as the chick with the electricity. Watson. I mean, you play both of them. Okay. And then I have the guy with the uh, drone. Crypto. Uh, crypto. Okay. You can see how how in tune I am with <laughs> the Apex Legends. Yeah, I. Um, my my main characters are kind of. It's kind of weird. I get a lot of hate for it, and I actually did uh, on a Facebook I post. Yeah. I was telling this person that. Uh, I forget what character he was trying to explain that was actually... Oh, Lifeline. He was saying how useful Lifeline is. I'm like, yeah, she's useful, but not to me. Because the teams I play with, like, they rush. We never use Lifeline, ever. I mean, I wish we did, but <clears throat> no no one knows how to use her. So we don't. I main Bloodhound, <laughs> like, all the time. That's all, I, that's all I use. I got so much hate for it, and I don't know why. Such an underrated character. Now everyone hates him because of his new uh, buff that he just got. That is, or because of her new buff. Yes. Yeah. Like I know the lore. No. I'm, hey. I'm I'm so in tune. It's not really lore. <laughs> it's just the voice actor. Yeah. Oh, I think they need to do uh, an event for Bloodhound. I think that would be pretty cool. Do they? Do oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's indeed a voice actress. I forgot. No, yeah, I don't want to go that down that rabbit hole. That is, you know, they it's not it's they basically they saying that's they, you know, bloodhound is neither a she nor a he, so he's just hmm. somewhere in the middle. As uh, no, thank you. It's just a video game. Let's not go into that political debate. Hmm. No, we we definitely should. I feel like if anyone, I'm the most educated on the subject matter being that I don't even play the game regularly and therefore I probably know more than anyone about it. My opinion is on the internet, therefore it matters the most. As <laughs> yeah. Of, as we would... <laughs> uh. <clears throat> so, have any of you guys played the uh, Resident Evil 3 demo? No, no. I was saying yesterday I haven't had a chance to play a whole lot of anything. Um, yeah. Is it... Is it just a remake, or they change things up a little bit? Oh no, it is a remake. It's a it's an entire. I a, sorry, I worded that wrong. I was I was remastering. I was gonna. I guess I should have asked if it was just a remaster, or if they actually like changed the gameplay and how it functioned at all. No, it, it's a complete overhaul of the game. The game usually is like fixed camera angles, and uh, you proceed yeah. through. But now it is third person based. Um. The one that they really, really lacked out, great out, was Resident Evil 2, the remake. That was released in 2018? 19? I don't know. It was, I think it was 18, I think. I think 18, yeah. Damn, it's been almost two years now. But that was a masterpiece, to be honest. It was amazing. The story overall remains the same. They just fixed things left and right, and... Uh, you know, character designs and voice actors and uh, level designs. You see the old games, especially if you play the old games, you see them there. But at the same time, because it's a new engine, new graphics, and, you know, the way that the game works in general, it's not the same. You know where you are, you know what you need to do, but it's changed. And I love that. I want, I want to point out, I was wrong. Resident Evil 2 Remake came out January 25th, 2019. So almost 2019. 20. All right. Okay. The very beginning of 2019. All right. 
So basically, around the year now. And yeah. Resident Evil 3 is uh, going to be the next one in the series. But actually, in the story, Resident Evil 3 takes part one day before Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. So for two, Leon S. Kennedy and uh, Claire Redfield arrived to Raccoon City one day before Jill was there. So because in Resident Evil 3 you go back to the police station, which you play in Resident Evil 2, uh, you kind of go into one day before that. So uh, I'm always interested. I've always been interested, even in the back day when I was playing the classic ones, uh, you know, playing 2 and then going back to 3 and seeing that you go back to the police station. And it's so exciting because you know that place, you know what happened and everything. But things changed because, you know, it's one day earlier. So I'm going to be super curious what's going to happen. 3 is one of the ones I haven't played. I've played 1, 2, 4, 5, 6. 6. And the newest one. 7. Seven. Okay, I wasn't sure if there was one in between there or not. Oh no, there's Code Veronica. There's Heartbreak. I haven't played any of those. There's so many others. I haven't played any of those. Just as far as like the main line goes, three is really the only one I haven't played. Well, it is April two is your chance to experience it. Yeah, yeah. I played the original two when on when they were on PlayStation One because I remember uh, having the they used to have the double disc. Uh, oh yeah, cases. They first you had it up one. two cases. Yeah, there's. I forget how many discs were. Two, were, uh, two, two, two. Was it just Claire. the two? Yeah, Claire. For some and reason, Leon. I thought there was more than two discs. No, no, just two. There's okay. the Claire's part and the Leon part, and you're supposed to be playing with Leon first. But I ended up having the Claire CD by chance. <laughs> you know, at the time there was no internet for me. I was just browsing through CDs for computer right. work in 2002, I think. And I saw this kind of zombie peeking through the window, and the title was Resident Evil 2. I didn't speak a word in English, but I was starting to think I should learn English. And I liked mm-hmm. the title for some reason, because I know what evil means. <laughs> so yeah. that's why I bought Resident Evil. I was just like, oh. I saw evil, and I knew I had to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, there's the graphic engine is really good. I think... This is just my humble opinion, but the zombie design, even though the zombie design have been overdone throughout the recent years, but I still Mm -hmm. think in Resident Evil 2 Remake and probably in this one, the zombies are the best that have ever existed. The design, the way they interact, the way they move, their animations, when you shoot them, you know, you shoot individual limbs, they fall off, you shoot their faces, you know, the way they were designed is just terrifying and so good usually that's one that's one of the things i liked about the old ones um is that they were actually more zombie like you go up to like five and like around that uh, area yeah like they're not even zombies they're just weird uh like virus people and they just transform into the weird tentacle monsters and stuff like that and it's like i want to fight zombies not this yeah it, it started in four with the lost blackers and then it goes yeah, yeah, yeah. five with the uh Thing oh, I forgot its name. Five, it and just six gets is out of joke. control. Six is five is just well, six as well. Yeah, five was when it really started going off the rails. When you're like you're fighting this giant flying monster thing on the cliffside at one point. You're on the boat and there's just that monster with all the different limbs flailing about all over the place. It's that like, was what happened to zombies. Capcom wanted to jump into the cash money that was Call of Duty, 
They wanted to mm. make their flagship title as an action-oriented game. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 made them, you know, mountains of money, goes without saying. But mm. they wanted mountains of money equal to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at the time. So, of course, they started releasing 5, and it, it didn't work. It's, of course it didn't work. Still, five. I like the co-op in that, though, to be fair. I do like having the co-op feature in that. Oh, I yes. When you play, you have to play with your partner because the AI is horrendous. If you play alone, I played it single player. It was just mm -hmm. a joke. Sheva kept being stuck, you know. It was too, <laughs> too stupid. Seven yeah, was a was... back to reform. And now they're making a ton of money with I want them to make Evil more, too. not just Resident Evil, I want more survival horror games like that, which are slower paced, and you have to be more careful. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I was talking to you about it or not with uh, Dead Space. I where I like Space. The first one was really good. Second one was really good. The third one, again, they made a bunch of money, and they tried to be more action-oriented, and it Action, didn't work. Yeah. I think it wasn't the only thing I liked... Really about the third one is the fact that if you play uh you know with someone um mm -hmm. if you play as isaac you don't see things that your other partner I forgot his name yeah that sees, is cool i do like that is you know in dementia like and i was playing with a friend there from the uk and there was this mm -hmm. particular place where he, i we are trying to open a door and i'm in another dimension fighting demons and he's seeing me dancing next to a door He's been attacked by monsters, and I'm supposed to open, you know, press a lever. But yeah. we didn't know that I'm, you know, in another universe. And he's uh, obviously my character was hallucinating. But for me, I was just fighting hordes of monsters, and he was fighting hordes of monsters. And we are yelling at each other in the comms. I'm like, dude, you should help me here. I'm dying. And he's like, press the lever, man. We, you should get out of here. That was great. That was a great moment. Yeah. But, Overall, it was just too action-oriented, and it's yeah. sad. Did you play um, Alien Isolation? No, I didn't. I didn't no. like it. No? I, I didn't finish it. was great. It. That was one I that didn't I, like it. I, I played. That one was fun. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot of uh, good horror games like that. I, don't, I like horror games where you, you're not overpowered, but I like when you can actually fight back, I guess, to an extent. Well, then, um, if you haven't played Resident Evil 2 Remake and the third one that is coming, mm -hmm. those are the perfect, perfect one for, mm -hmm. the, for you. It's just that thing. But please, mm -hmm. if you do play them, do not play on the easiest difficulties or standard. Because, I don't know if you remember, if you wanted to save back in the old ones, you needed increments and uh, typewriters. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you have to go to the typewriter room, yeah. safe rooms. The thing is, those are major mechanics in those games. You, you know, they add so much mm -hmm. to the uh, survival horror things because you don't have that much saves and you need to be careful well, some, where to save. On a certain difficulties, you only have select number of them too, don't you? Uh, yeah, like, I thought no, no. one of them, you, you only had like, or maybe it was a specific mode or something where you can only save like once. Mode. Probably in something. three, where I'm hoping they do such modes in three where you have the randomizer, for example. You know, three had the randomizer where you just find random enemies, random loot, random guns, and you discover the game that way. It's, it's, it was fun. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so they tell you to play on standard in Resident Evil 2. I'm like, no, screw that. I can't. I play on hardcore. And to think about it, the hardcore is easier than the, than the old one because with fixed 
camera angles and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the only thing you have in hardcore compared to the other ones is that the enemies are a tiny bit stronger. You can feel the zombies are stronger. And you need to save with ink ribbon. And there is no checkpoints. If you die, yeah. you go back to the save of your own you know, ink ribbon that you used lastly. Mm-hmm. And that's the core. That's Resident Evil. If you play on standard, enemies die a bit faster and you have checkpoints. And you don't need ink ribbons. I was like, I can't. There's no way I'm going to play a game that I like so much that brings so much memory and nostalgia that way. I put 16 hours the first time I played the Resident Evil 2 remake when it was released. I died a lot. And I loved it to bits because that's the experience. The second time I played, I finished it in two hours. That's why we're... Kyle and I are dedicated to playing Halo 3 on no, we're not. Uh, Lasso Run. Yeah, we're, we're going to no, do we're it. Not. We've both promised that. We're gonna <coughs> oh, when the fuck did I promise? <laughs> it, it's it's going to happen. It's you know? not going to yeah. happen. I, fucking, I, I do not have the dedication. Yeah, so ma- how, come how on, so many play? people. We said that yesterday. How, how long did we play? On the first level alone before we gave up. We didn't get past the third fucking checkpoint. <laughs> we played for quite some time, too, if I remember correctly. We're just like, we died at yep, least 30 times before I said, fuck you, I'm done. <laughs> nah, yeah, for, for, for many games, it's just hard. It's not, yeah, we, you know, it's not discipline like in Dark Souls and even yeah. Resident Evil. If you... If you learn how to play the game like if you just go and play resident evil on the hardest difficulty like a hardcore you're gonna die a lot you're gonna be frustrated but if you understand how it works like you don't need to kill a zombie sometimes you just need to dodge him you just need mm-hmm. to put a one bullet through his head gets him staggered and just move on with your life you'll understand yeah. that but if you just empty in your gun on each zombie you see you're gonna run out of ammo you're gonna be having zero bullets and you can't literally can't proceed because you will mm-hmm. allow, arrive to a boss with hot ammo and there's nothing you can do you just need to restart the game from all over and that's frustrating for people who can't be bothered it's the same for difficulty you either give them a challenge with using their brains or it's just going to be people being frustrated and they're like okay i'm either going to play this on easy or not play it at all mm-hmm. yeah we for the our lasso run in Halo Three, we got to the, we were playing the first level where you you crash land back on Earth or whatever. You yeah. run past the waterfall and there's the Covenant dropships that come down. We killed the enemies from that, and then there's more enemies further up the cliffside in like a little wooded area, and we we fought them, and you proceed just a little bit further into an, a wooded area with a lot of like sleeping grunts and we got to that point and then we stopped because we kept dying i think is, is how far we got <laughs> i presume you guys were playing on consoles yeah we were yeah that's the point i think you can manage that difficulty if you play on a mouse and keyboard and uh you're good at fps in general because your reflexes are going to allow you to hit those headshots and uh be a bit faster with your reactions but imagine you know having a controller and the enemies and i know hey I, I love halo by the way and the, the enemies are hard you know the shields and the way they move and the plasma grenades and the grunts shooting at all those things and you need to dodge and you need to wait for your shield to recharge it's a nightmare you have to play the game differently when you're playing on those yeah. difficulties because normally like i would run through i would just have like an assault rifle and like 
a sniper rifle or a shotgun, just like whatever weapons I happen to pick up. When you're playing on the hardest, like legendary with all the skulls on, you have to play completely differently. Like you have to have like a plasma pistol. You have to make sure you have one at all times. You have to charge it. You have to hit the enemies to take their shields off and then switch weapons and kill them that way because you can't sit there and just plug away at them forever. You will run out of ammo and you just will not survive. It'll take too long and they will kill you while you're sitting there trying to, to take them out. Yeah, but for Halo, it's a bit tedious. Brutal. It's a bit tedious mm -hmm. for Halo because in Doom Eternal, especially in Doom Eternal, Doom 2016, you just, you know, there's ammo and you can stick to your shotgun and uh, rifle. But the thing they wanted to do in Doom Eternal, and they succeeded, and I love that, by the way, is that they made you switch to all your weapons without, you know, imposing that to you. You just, throughout the game, understand that you're going to run out of ammo from your shotgun. You can't always use your shotgun because you no longer have ammo for it. So you need to switch. And then there is weak points. You need to shoot certain parts of enemies because with specific weapons. Someone Sometimes you need a grenade launcher. You need to use your shotgun, you know, a second ability. Or sometimes you need to snipe something. And before you know it, you're using your entire 10 weapons arsenal you know, that is disposable for you in a fight. And that's amazing, to be honest. You laser in someone, you chainsaw in someone. And yeah, the chainsaw now is a mechanic, actually. It used to be just, you know, sometimes you want to use it, whatever, just use it. But now you will run out of ammo. And the only way to you get ammo... use it ammo, to get ammo from yeah. enemies, right? The only when you way use the chainsaw, you get ammo from them? To get ammo is chainsaw, because you're going to run out of ammo in the world, and uh, well, you have to use it wisely. This is my understanding of Doom Eternal is if you, uh, and this might be incorrect, this is how it was explained to me by someone who may or may not have even had played the game, I don't know. He said that uh, if you burn the enemies, you get armor from them. If you use a chainsaw, you get ammo. Oh yes, he's exactly right. So that's okay, okay. a clever way of making you, you use all your arsenal. Isn't there a way you get health from them? Uh, glory kills. When you you're, oh, they're you're flashing, up. and then you go up Yeah, yeah. when something. you're about to kill someone, okay. they start flashing. So you run up to them and do some sort of fatality, and that gives you okay. uh, HP back. When you burn them okay. and you shoot them, it gives you armor. And when you freeze them and shoot them with a specific perk or rune, you will they will drop uh, health. And when you use okay. a chainsaw, you got armor. So all of those tools... Could you set them your... on fire, and then while they're flashing, chainsaw them? <laughs> Trust me, that's exactly what I always do. So you get all three things and you get armor, health, and ammo? Yeah. So, no, no, nice. because oh, no. the burning effect sometimes doesn't last long enough. So you can't just burn someone and uh, shoot them. No, no, no. Okay. Stagger them, stun them, and when you're running to do your glory kill, burn them and kill them. Gives you health and uh, armor. Easy. Usually so they give about to, like, four stack points. the drops that you get. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, I definitely have to check it out. It's something I would enjoy. Yeah, have I you mean, ever played Serious Sam? <laughs> I love Serious Sam. Yeah, it's sort of the same sort of vein. Not quite the same, but... So here's the deal. Uh, as I said yesterday, I am playing a lot of Overwatch. And I'm an old-school mm. gamer. And sometimes when I do certain good stuff, for example, I kill three or four people, and I always have either Duke Nukem quotes... Or serious Sam sounds in my head. And sometimes I do say them like uh, for Duke Nukem, when he kills those pigs, he's like, clean up on aisle four. 
And I love that. And I say it and no one picks up on the quote. That makes me so sad. No yeah, I wouldn't have known that was from Duke Nukem. Seriously. I played it. Wouldn't have picked up on it. Yeah, when you pick uh, in Serious Sam, when you pick the uh, score thing, and, he, you know, you got the voice like, Serious Score. <laughs> I love that. I feel like with the... Doom somehow managed to get it right with their, remake, their reboots. Serious Sam had a game not terribly long ago. I played nah, it on uh, I think that Xbox was One. Nightmarish. Yeah, no. not good. Not good. Uh, they Duke wanted Nukem, to modernize it. Yeah. Duke Nukem yeah, was a nightmare too. Holy shit. It was bad. That was bad. They had that whole thing at the beginning where you could pick up poop and throw it around. I was like, oh god. This is what they're going for. Spending way too much time in pointless things. Yeah. They had that. I think you could draw on the whiteboard, I think, too, right? Yeah. You could pick up the marker and draw on the whiteboard. Yeah. yeah. It's pointless. Yeah, they're going man. for like that tiny little memorable thing that people would only remember for like a week. They're like, oh, this is cool. This is kind of funny. And then they moved on because that wasn't that interesting in the end. I drew a penis on a board in Duke Nukem. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, 10, 100% of the game was uh, to be desired. Mm-hmm. No, but seriously, Doom is not the game where you think you need to think about it. If you just want to, you know, have the first person and you want to shoot things, just go pick up Doom. doesn't matter which one. Mm-hmm. 2016 or Eternal, both are really amazing. You don't need the story. All you need to do is a basic knowledge of an FPS game. That's it. Mm-hmm. And all you do is just shoot things and have immense fun. And that's something that I love. Kyle, what is it you look for? What is, what's the next first-person shooter game that you want to get into? <coughs> I, uh, so. I... I don't know. I usually play most of them. Those, those types of games I don't like. I don't like those older style stuff. I don't like. Mm. I don't know. Blasphemy. Like I feel like I feel like you like competitive shooters more though. That's that's really it. It's anything yeah. competitive. I don't like solo. Like mm-hmm. any sort of solo game. I mean, obviously, I liked uh, Fallout, but I hated yeah. Skyrim because. It's, oh God. I hated, but I think Skyrim was the, the culprit. Uh, Skyrim was what made me hate Fallout. Is the <laughs> quest system? I hated. I played it. I played Skyrim for an entire year. I did every single quest in the game, and I regretted that immensely. I should not have done that. When the latest Fallout came, yeah, I, I booted it, came, played it, went to the first town, and I couldn't play anymore. It was the same system. I couldn't play it. I was like, ah. Oh, there can't. are a lot of very similar quests, especially with Fallout, where like a settlement needs your help. The fact that that's a meme isn't a good thing. That just means that your their quests were too repetitive. Yeah, no, um, no. The quest system that is gets frustrating. The best quest system currently lies with The Witcher Three. That's an Witcher example that people was need. I don't it's like, like the game. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, no, no, no. We're not talking about the game. We're, not, we're talking about the quest system. So. Here's an RPG game. Here's a game with an open world, and you progress in a story, whether it is Fallout or whatever. And what they were thinking is, how do we lay out the quests in a way that makes you feel like either one, you're progressing, you're going from point A to point B, without needing to go back to point A, and at the same time, be faithful to the story of the game. In the game, you play a monster hunter called Geralt of Rivia, and... The thing is, you have the main story. You want to go and look for clues for Siri and before that, Yennefer. And yeah. you're going from one town to the other. For example, you're going from Valen to Novigrad. 
and there is so I think we lost him. You just draw an itinerary and it feels like you're going from Velen to Novigrad. You progress and it feels like you're traversing in real life, you know, with your horse and everything. And you just arrive in those tiny villages and you do those quests there and you just move on to the other village. The small, you know, scale mini stories, really well thought and well made. Not all of them are games without saying, but the overall number of quests makes you go and do them, makes you eager to arrive to a certain place and discover those quests. Whereas the Skyrim system is the old one. You just need to do this quest, teleport to that dungeon, do that quest, go back, do the other one, and it's just it feel like disconnected from the world. And that's, that's true. Good. That's fair enough. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, it's... I, you're absolutely right in, in the way that like Skyrim and those games work. It's the same thing with uh, like Ubisoft, I feel like they keep making the same games over and over again. Like they have, um, uh, like Division and Division Two were basically the same game. Man, I was um, super excited for the Division. An action RPG and, guy. Um, what was the other one that we just played? The Breakpoint. Um, Ghost oh Recon. Uh, yeah, Ghost, Ghost Recon. Recon Wildlands. Breakpoint and, was yeah. the biggest letdown I have ever had in my entire life. Yeah, because Wildlands was good. Breakpoint was it was, it was really good. It's too much. It was. It, like even, I'll get back to that in a second. Breakpoint specifically, but like they're all the same game, right? You 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 clear out even with like Far Cry. You go, you clear out the checkpoints, right, and then you get some quests because of that and you slowly just clear out the world of the enemies and then it's like okay and then you're done you've cleared everything out and there's one final mission in this area you finally unlocked because you completed clearing out these areas and then once you do that mission everything's done it's it's not like a i don't want to say you want a linear story but it's literally it's just so sparse and just all over the place no the thing and is here's the deal in the, the witcher 3 those mini stories actually have an impact on the world they do. If you do. Yeah, no, that's if you what I'm saying. Quest, it's completely different from The Witcher. If you do quest and you choose one ending compared to the other, some endings will have villagers dying. Some endings will have plague throughout the villages. Some characters you let go or let die, you will see them later hang, you know, hanged or that. So you think, oh, I did that actually. And it has a martyr mm -hmm. in the world. Whereas, like you yeah. said, Far Cry, by the way, my favorite Far Cry is Far Cry 3. After Far Cry 3, yeah, I just fall out of the uh, entire genre. Again, that was another one where every single one of those is the exact same game. It's the same. It was just over. new graphics. 4 was the same as 3, just slightly different location. And then Primal, wasn't it literally the same location? Wasn't it the same map as 4? No, no. I think, I think 4 is in the Himalayas and uh, Primal is prehistoric or something. Yeah, yeah, but like... GM, like geometry wise wasn't that a complaint like primal like people found the map for primal and it's literally the exact same map as four. Oh, they just you mean it reused assets yeah probably reused assets not even the ass like literally the map itself the same shape and everything <laughs> they just they did they just created like uh new skins and they just reskinned the map to fit the time period well here's the difference between cd project red and uh ubisoft ubisoft looked up you guys and they see dollars you know they see dollar yeah. bills whereas in the project red you find them in torrent forums trying to make people download patches for their games that they torrented 
Now that's dedication. Mm. They were like, okay, yeah. guys, this actually happens. When The Witcher 3 was released, they knew that people are going to torrent this. And they had the title update. And they went into the torrent sites. They were like, okay, we're the, one of the developers of uh, CD Projekt Red. I urge you guys, they put the link and everything, to please download this current uh, you know, patch and then play the game. Mm -hmm. Now that's dedication because they, yeah. you're just giving your game for pirates. And they understand that, you know, there's many of us who can't pay for these games. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, Ubisoft now and Blizzard and many other big companies at EA, you just a walk-in $60 to them even more now. Mm -hmm. I yeah, love $60. Call of Duty. I can no a longer. nice low number. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I love Call of Duty. I can no longer play Call of Duty because you need to buy so much. I love Battlefield. I can no longer play Battlefield ever, from, you know, ever since 3 because you need to put so much money just to play the game with the DLCs and the maps and everything. It wasn't even the new maps and stuff. Like, lately with the new Call of Duty, you don't get new maps hardly. They're all just old maps that they cleaned up to look new. Or it's just they're taking the, the new big maps and just closing them down into smaller versions. Like, you're just playing on small parts of the big maps. And then on top of that, there's no prestige system. So there's no reason to keep playing. Oh, and then the, the only the battle system. pass is the, the prestige, essentially. But you have to pay for it. And I don't oh, want to yeah. do that. I don't know. Going back to uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, though, that was such a disappointment because Wildlands was so much fun. And Breakpoint just seemed like they were like, all right, we're going to take a bunch of fetch quests and we're just going to put a bunch of crap all over the map. There's no real story to it. It's just a, a mess. All right. It, so they just wanted to pack stuff in. For me, who's out of the loop, can you explain what? happen what's the difference between wildlands and uh breakpoints what went wrong because i kind of was out of the loop i didn't play both of the ghost recons while well, i was just kind of busy with the division which one did you play i, I didn't if, play either. any of them i was too busy oh, literally okay. busy with the division one and two well, have to choose, so, you know? wildlands was simpler. i mean there was a lot to it there was a lot of missions to it i mean there was missions where you had to be stealthy blah 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 <clears throat> and then you went into Breakpoint, which it it looks like a beautiful game. The game actually mm -hmm. looks good, but it is so overcomplicated. There's yes. too many high-level areas. I mean, there should be a couple, yes. That's how those maps work. But I honestly think that there needs to be, like, the whole area needs to be one level, almost like Division does. It's not level capped differently. I just I had no interest in playing Breakpoint. I don't like overcomplicated games like that. It it wasn't even like the level <clears throat> issue for me. And you're absolutely right in that there were just high level areas kind of thrown all over the place, and it didn't make a lot of sense. There was no organization to it. I don't even know what the you story just, is. I still don't understand the I story. Know. And I played halfway through it, and I have I'm so lost. Yeah. You probably yeah, it, by this point you don't care. If the game is not good, you no, don't I, care. No, it it's just. Like I said, like you get into it and they're like, all right, so you're going to go to this portion of the map, but don't go to any of the places along the, like, say you have to walk a path to a town, right? And there's different locations along the way. You don't want to stop at any of them because they're way too high of a level, but you have to go by them to get to the location. That's the proper level for you. And it's just, it was such a mess. And on top of that, there was so much stuff to do that wasn't particularly interesting or you didn't have a reason to do it. 
that you were at least aware of. There was so much on the map, too. Like, the map was so yeah. cluttered. It was just complicated and confusing. Yeah. And then they wanted, it goes back to what we were talking about last night with realism in video games. They tried to add in features to make it more interesting. Like, they're like, all right, you can't just run down hills because you'll get injured or you'll get muddy and you can hide. And I do like the cover system where you, you can go prone and cover yourself with mud. That's interesting, at least, and it does have a purpose. But the running down a hill and falling and hurting yourself got annoying very quickly because it's such a mountainous area. The entire map is very mountainous. So you'll be walking along and your guy will just start falling down the hill and all of a sudden he's injured and is limping along. And it's just, it became tedious and annoying very quickly. And it's not fun. If you're constantly like, all right, I got to be extra careful where I'm walking. I can't focus on the firefight because I'm so busy focusing on whether or not I'm on flat ground. Otherwise, my guy's just going to get hurt for no reason. No, I think, uh, again, like like you said, we talked about this yesterday, but overcommitment and, uh, you know, just because the game is this, that I, it means that I need to basically make, make my character go hungry. You need to eat. If you you get germs, you know, you need to cover yourself. Why? It's pointless. Yeah, it's a it, video game. It becomes too much. You, you get so focused on taking care of your character that you don't get to enjoy the game itself. Yeah. And it just becomes annoying. A prime example um, is actually Dark Souls. Yes, it's difficult, but it's not difficult, mm-hmm. difficult. It's disciplined. Yes, you're going to get, you know, uh, the shit kicked out of you. But if you understand the game, well, actually, it makes sense. It is simple difficulty. It's not too overcomplicated stuff. And they will let you decide what you want to do, where you want to go and everything. It's not like games, like you said, there is these places. You need to go to these places. When you go to those places, there's too much complicated stuff happening. You don't understand. You're frustrated. And like I said, you are usually a guy who has a job, has a life, has kids, has families, you know, have uh, things to do. You can't be bothered to think about all of these things. Difficulty is good, but intuitive difficulty is good. It's the things that makes Mm -hmm. you, huh, okay, so that's fun, actually. I like that difficult path, like in Doom Eternal. That's fun to die. You know, you made the mistake, you die. But no, actually, you have the tools to dominate, absolutely dominate. You just made the mistake. It's fun. It's an arcade thing. You you don't have too much commitment. So I think that's the problem. With uh, feels the same way or not, but like I feel like it was sort of the same with Fallout 76. We played that a lot, and I feel like there's just so much to do that we were just like, all right, let's just focus on getting good stuff, and we didn't focus on like a story or anything like that. We also couldn't. We actually got carried through everything. We did. Our viewers, like we wanted to play with our viewers when we were streaming, but like (laughs) we were so level max level. They yeah, they all gave so us strong everything. and good at that game. It wasn't fun. <laughs> no, that's not fun. That's definitely. I should. Yeah. I learned this the hard way too. If someone has started playing the game, I would never. We should never give them stuff. Let them play. Mm-hmm. Let them die. Let them make the mistakes that you made. Because the reason why you stuck playing that game is because you made those mistakes, and those becomes memories. So if you just start in the game and you have a broken sword and someone gives you a, you know, a chain sword from Warhammer 40k, you don't even know how it functions. Of course, you're going to get frustrated. You're all gonna, our brain tends to overthink these things. And when you overthink something, you get frustrated. When you get frustrated, you go back and play Fortnite. 
no, Fortnite. Nope. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I made the mistake of spending a lot of money on that game. I will never do it again. I will never play it right. again. The chapter two is terrible. You literally someone... can fish in the fucking game, and I have no idea why. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, someone explained weird. this game, and I think his explanation to the game is the perfect thing ever. He said, Fortnite is a giant store where people or kids especially buy things, and the video game is just the background to make people buy those things. That's it. That's Fortnite. That seems pretty spot on, actually. And yeah. I kind of hate that, to be honest, with the surprise <laughs> mechanics and, the, you know, the loot boxes. and. Everything. I hate that they call it that as well as surprise, surprise mechanics. mechanics. <laughs> I hate that they called it that. And they're like, no, uh, it's yeah. surprise mechanics. It's not gambling. There's, there's not random loot boxes. There are surprise mechanics. It's like, it's literally just gambling. Let's be realistic here. All right. So you're, if it's you're putting money down on something yeah. that you're not sure if you're going to win. Uh, what you want or not now why would they put the skins to be purchasable now you know just put the skins forget about loot boxes do like other games i'm i mean i understand the concept of loot boxes but there are other games like you know the biggest one ever hello right games league of legends well you want to buy loot boxes well good luck with that it doesn't matter because if you want to buy a specific skin you're just gonna go buy it you just need to spend your points and you buy the things that you want to buy. That way, you will not need to go into the gambling hall that is the loot boxes. This The problem is that, you know, kids are too easily swayable in that domain. And they will always... I, I see this because my friends own cyber cafes here and everyone plays... For, every kid plays Fortnite. All they talk about yeah. is skins, 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 mm -hmm. you know from the parachutes to the skin i don't play the game i kind of have the concept of fortnite i played it once i think and i kind of dropped it i like the part that i dropped in the map i like the part that i was killing things but the second someone started building i died inside i was like no yeah no no sorry i can't do that but yeah all they talk about is skins and there is something wrong if they the only thing they talk about is skins well i was gonna say i think I think should I say to my nephew uh, when he would ask my stepbrother for uh, he asked him for a hundred dollars to buy stuff in Fortnite, and it's like what are you talking Why? about how would you spend that much well they don't care it's, they don't know those kids they yeah they don't have they just don't understand like the idea of how much money is worth and so they just spend and spend and spend and they're just like yeah you know it's I just spent two hundred dollars on Fortnite who cares because they don't see it as like $200 of work and time and effort. They view it as like, this is how much, I don't know what Fortnite uses. Does Fortnite use like a currency? Like you buy like a certain currency in game and use that to purchase boxes? Or uh, it does, v -Bucks. yes. V-Bucks. Was it? V-Bucks. V-Bucks, okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can, for $100, you can get like 10,000 V-Bucks or something, however much it amounts to. And so they only see like, oh, I bought this many V-Bucks. And they don't they don't understand the two hundred dollars going into it, and it it's the same thing with mobile games, right? They, you, it's people don't pay attention to it because it's like oh it's just four bucks yeah I'll spend four bucks, and then they go in the next day and they're like oh I'm so close to getting this, ah, it's just four bucks, and they do that like every day and it's like oh, I I spent fifty dollars this week on this free quote unquote free game, and. Uh, it, yeah, they just 
They suck you dry. I can't say anything because I just I would spend forty dollars a week on Apex packs so I can get an heirloom. <laughs> but but that's you're not. A kid. That's because I play the game and I've earned my money and I know where it comes from. Say, you actually earned the money yourself from, as well. Comes from whatever I fucking said. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many of these kids just have their parents' credit card, and it's just like, ah, oh, I'll just keep buying these these packs and these loot boxes and stuff. Like, how much did didn't Call of Duty make like a billion dollars or something on their loot boxes in Black oh, Ops yeah. Four? Oh yes, they something did. insane. I I can't so, like, I spent a lot of money on those too. But I mean, like, they don't make their at this point they aren't making their money off of the game itself. It's the microtransactions yeah. where they're getting all the money. That's, no, but here's the difference Marvel, between you and a kid. Is mm-hmm. I can explain I have a to you, of money yeah. the value of it. No, no, I can explain to you that those are psychologically targeted things. They target yeah, your absolutely. needs to gamble. They know oh, that know you want to children. buy those I work things. In advertising. Yeah. So the battle pass and the uh, loot boxes. Really? <laughs> yeah, the viewers are going to triangulate your location. I know all about. <laughs> yeah so i can make you understand that and you're like oh god okay so the next gonna time you're going to purchase these things you're going to have that in the back of your head but try to explain yeah. this to a kid <laughs> all they see is the costume all they see is mm-hmm. they want to and the problem is it's not buying the problem is they are guarding you know they're they are how do we say they're raising the need in the kid to gamble so that kid is going to grow up into an easy gambler, an easy targeted gambler, and they basically can ruin the kid's life. And that's not good. That's seriously not good. Yeah. No, it's you're absolutely right. They they target it to whoever they can make. They know they're going to make the most money off of. I mean, it's a business. That's what they're supposed to do. Well, from their perspective, from the perspective of a business, you want to make as much money as possible. Oh no, that's so predatory. Of course, you're going to. Go- that's predatory. No, come on. Let's not, let's I, not no, try to powder it. It's no, it, you're absolutely right. It is, but that's they don't care because their goal is to make as much money as possible. Yeah, it's like they used yeah, to no, be. I'm not, I'm not condoning what they're doing. I'm just saying, I know why they do it. It's because they want to make as much money as they can. Oh yeah, they don't want to make just a small amount of money. They want to make mountains of money. That's what they yeah. like. It's became this and, huge profitable market, and they want to make more and more now. That's why. Mm-hmm. Well, like, look at Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the new one. They even said before it came out, yeah, we are not even working on microtransactions. We don't plan on putting them in the game. The game was out, what, a month, two months, and there's microtransactions. Psych. There <laughs> is, you have to pay for the battle pass. You have to pay for everything in it. I hate that And their free, pass, their quote-unquote free DLC is just maps that were made before. It's not even new content. Yeah, the old ones. So you, yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, it's the good news is the last two Call of Duties for some reason not work on my computer. They just launch in. I get to see the menu, and then the, I just mysteriously crash. I downloaded Warzone because I kind of like the concept. I know you're the to lucky play one. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was it's free to play, so I wanted to try it, and Fair I can't. Enough. It just exits by itself. It crashes, and well, to hell with it. Go back. Um, if I want to play a, you know, Battle Royale, I'll just go back and play my old trusty Apex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... If I'm going to play Battle Royale, I probably will play Apex at this point, because, like I said, Kyle plays it a lot, and he's good at it, which is helpful to me, because I have... It's better for me to, to play it with someone that knows what they're doing. Um, 
and I just didn't. I think I enjoy it more, honestly, at this point, than I do Call of Duty. And also, just, let's face it, Call of Duty is frustrating. The concept is fun. You drop in, mm-hmm. you kill a bunch of people, you get some weapons. You, you know, kill the champion. Uh, it makes survive. you feel good. You kill the kill leader. Yeah. Makes you feel even better. Actually, the champion makes you feel the best. You. My favorite part is finding an apex predator due to the trail, uh, when the the dive trail, yeah. and um, when you see it's a predator, you literally have your entire team go for that one person, and you literally just beat them to death. It's so if you're high ranked, you're targeted in game. <clears throat> There's two dive trails. There's okay. the diamond it's master now there's a master one i think it's purple and -hmm. predator which is you know really bright orange like you you can see it you can tell and uh if you see that person usually they go to the hot zone or like you know stuff like that it was it's just fun targeting them so if you're a high-ranking player, you're at a disadvantage almost. No, not necessarily. Oh, trust me. Oh, trust me. If you're a high-ranking player, and I'm going to bring another game uh, as example, but if you are good at Apex, you want people mm-hmm. to come to you because you know the game, you're perfect at it, and those 100 that drops with you, they're not like you. So it's easy kills. It's more stats for you. Okay. It's your KDA is going to flourish and nourish because you're running against a guy who doesn't even know how to use his uh, shotgun, whereas you are killing them left and right. It's the same thing for another game that people kind of don't talk about too much, the Hunt Showdown. Now, that's kind of like a puzzle royale, but it's we, such we a We were talking about game. that what, last week or the week before. I forget which we had mentioned. That. Such a unique game. I love it to bits. Uh, sadly, I no longer can play it because I don't have the game. Uh, my friend had it, so he shared his Steam library with me. And when the game launched, they decided, you know what? You can't play anymore. <laughs> I don't care anymore. But seriously, it's a very beautiful game. It's another concept of uh, quote-unquote battle royale. You know, as hunters, you need to survive. It's kind of the same con- it's concept. You kill each other, but there is contract in the world and everything, but there's the difference between... I might want to give that a shot, honestly, because we were talking about that, and I've seen gameplay of it. Oh, such an amazing game. I That's love one it. where you hunt down like different monsters, yeah. right? So if you want to play just PvE, go, you know, mm-hmm. go play PvE. Just kill monsters, kill the boss, go back and run away from the map. That's the main objective. If you want to play PvP, yeah. well, you can absolutely do that. And here's the difference between normal players and the high players. Usually the game is excellent. The audio system is excellent. You can hear everything. And the visuals are really stunning. So if someone shoots, you will see the flash. You can even make the difference between a normal gun and another better guns flash and the sounds and everything. So you can hear someone coming from far away before they come there. So you, those are absolute... Uh, informations that you need to take in consideration when you play Hunt Showdown. It's not just running and shooting. It's kind of stalking your prey. But here's the deal. So that's the way you should play the game. You should be advancing quietly. You should be listening and, you know, avoiding zombies, avoiding things that make too much noises and everything. But lo and behold, sometimes you see a guy holding a big torch, you know, making a ton of noises, shooting in the air, and your first instinct when you were not, you know, when you're new to the game, you want to try and kill that guy. No, 
that's a big mistake because that's a pro gamer and he's making those things just so you can go there and try to kill him. And because the Hunt Showdown mm. isn't an easy game, you know, you need to learn the guns and you need to see how they work and, uh, you know, each gun is unique and everything. He knows all those things. So you try and kill him, you fail miserably, and he kills a ton. And by killing in the Hunt Showdown, you earn a lot of money. So you need to kind of do those things. So you always see someone running with, you know, big flame in the middle of the night, making a ton of noises, shooting in the air like an idiot. And you think, oh, that's an easy target. Well, next thing you see, your hunter is gone. Yeah. By the way, in the Hunter Showdown, if you die, your hunter dies in real life. So you need to purchase a new one. So, yeah, that's a kind of a unique game. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it might be something we'll look into because we were definitely talking about it the other day. Might be, might be fun. I know it's on Xbox. Yes, it and, is. Uh, uh, it's. I think it's both on PS4 and Xbox, so you can give it a try. I'm sure it was released on Xbox a long time ago, actually. Yeah, I didn't realize it. I'd seen it a uh, number of, I forget, quite a while back. And I kind of forgot that it was released. I didn't, and I never saw that it was launched. And I was like, "Oh, all right." It's made by uh, the guys who made Crisis, by the way, and in Is the it? Cry Engine. Oh yes, it's the same developer and everything. So it must be a good-looking game. Oh, it's a gorgeous game. No, and they know it's a niche game. It's not one of those that is going to be exploding. It's a niche game because the type of people who play those games are people who want to play those games. You are in for a hardcore kind of experience. Because like I said, yeah. you would lose your hunter. Your hunter costs money. All his gear is gone if you lose him. So it's another level of gameplay. And it's not just this big map. There's many players in it. You kill them, you survive, and that's it. No, you can kill the entire map. Go and kill the boss. And, you know, the boss is kind of hard. So he's going to kill you. And you're going to lose all of that. <laughs> So, yeah, again, and after you do all of the objectives, you need to extract out of the map. So that's that to think about. Interesting. And it feels like a survival horror, to be honest. Well, now I'm even more interested. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think it's mostly our nostalgia that makes us love survival horror because we love to suffer. We kind of love that era where we suffered back in Resident Evil and Silent Hill and all those things. Those are good days. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember playing those. Even, like, from a difficulty standpoint, I liked those sort of games uh, growing up. Like, the, I remember when I was really little, I played uh, the Tomb Raider games, the original ones. Yeah. And even they had, like, the fixed camera angles. And you kind of had to maneuver your way through the, the world like that. For me, uh, I'm, I was more into an arcade kind of guy. I always went to the arcade back in the 90s and the early 2000s before the arcades were We didn't have an arcade around here when I was Oh, I, I lived and breathed in the arcade, which is yeah. basically breathing too much smoke, but that's another subject <laughs> because everyone smoked there. And our parents hated us, you know, hated this. It's, the arcades were viewed as this nests of uh, evil that we shouldn't go to, but we loved it to bits. Most of my friends come from the arcade, but the thing in the arcade is difficulty was money-making. So most games were either designed to be difficult or had levels in them. And when the arcade guy get those games, the number one thing he does is set those games from SNK, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Capcom, or whatever those uh, companies at the time, yeah. always put them at the last difficulty level, which is level eight 
or the famous level mm-hmm. eight. I think if I make a podcast, it's going to be named level eight. But have you ever thought about getting into podcasting? Of course I did. But, you know, nice. I'm a lazy, I'm a lazy bastard. But <laughs> it's the level eight. You need to know how to play the game. Are you going to be dying by the first enemy you see? So I think that enabled me to kind of be a bit masochistic, you know, because, well, mm-hmm. I died several thousand times in Dark Souls. I didn't care. That's because of my old days where you played Metal Slug, for example. Well, you had to know how to play the game or you're going to die. Play a fighting game with three buttons because the guy who was in charge of the arcade knew that if he gave us all the buttons, we would easily beat the boss and get our money worth. So if he takes out one button, three buttons are going to make things harder. So more money for him. Oh, yeah. Fair point. So we're talking about loot um, boxes. You see, it's not a problem originating from just recent years. No, it's a it's a modern take on it, is what it yeah. is. No, no, seriously. If you remember, especially New Geo or SNK games, those bosses, especially in the fighting games like the King of Fighters, mm-hmm. uh, Golden Axe, Regal, for example, yeah, Golden Axe, and the boss Regal, those are cheat. You, you know, those are overpowered those are cheated bosses they will do things that they are not supposed to do why because they want you to put more money into those machines yeah it's a wonder but for us it was a challenge it was a challenge to do these things and yeah we'll see uh we'll see how things adapt over time i can see microtransactions getting worse somehow um that seems to be the way we uh we're going who knows? Um, we're almost at an hour and 20 minutes, actually. So I think we can wrap up pretty soon here. I don't want to take it on too long here. Um, is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Oh, for me. Or I guess yeah. I thought about talking about Final Fantasy, but uh, it's going to oh, be releasing in the future. I was going to think, I was going to say you guys have consoles because it's going to be released on the PS4, I think. Uh, seven. Yeah, the you know the remake. Seven. Seven. Yeah, yeah. That got. Did Is it, it just delayed? on PS4? It got delayed, but it's coming it was. really soon. I think it was on PS4 only. It's gonna eventually be released on PC, and I don't know about Xbox, but it's gonna be eventually there. I think after a year or something. But I was gonna ask you guys: Have you played it? Have you seen it? What are your thoughts about it and everything? Because basically, the two <laughs> biggest releases now, aside from The Last of Us, are. Probably seven and Resident Evil three. Mm-hmm. Well, Kyle's actually a huge Final Fantasy fan. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, telling him yesterday. One of the main reasons why I hated three RPG games is because of Final Fantasy VI back in Super Nintendo. I hated the uh, turn-based games. I hated them so much as a kid, and I that made me go so far away from RPG. And the term RPG in general. Kyle, what's your stance on turn-based games? Why? What? What is your stance on turn-based games? Are you yay or nay? I hate them. Yeah. No, no, except South Park. I, I, like, I like South Park. South Park was good. South Park was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, n- I never played most of the old Final Fantasy games. I played a bit of 7. Um, and then I played... Uh, some of the more recent ones, 14, I played 15. 15 is the only one I actually beat. 
I played through that and I maxed everything out. Absolutely completed that game 110%. Um, but yeah, for a reason, I can never get as into those. I played 12 a bit. That was one of the first ones that had the uh, like uh, action RPG style as opposed to turn-based. It depends on whether you had access to console or not, because I didn't have access to consoles. Of course, I mm. am not too big on Final Fantasies and everything, because if you had a PS1 or PS2 at the time, of course you would play the Final Fantasy titles, because that was one yeah. of the biggest hits at the time. It's like owning a mm. PS2 and never playing something like Devil May Cry or God of War. Like, seriously. Yeah. I heard uh, God of War, the new one, may be coming to Xbox. Xbox, I highly they doubt removed, it. They removed PlayStation exclusive from their website. They did, but perhaps yeah. on PC, yes. Because perhaps PC. Horizon Zero Dawn is coming. And there's a small, slight rumor, and I'm extremely hopeful that even Bloodborne is coming to PC. And I would uh, be dancing naked on the rain if they do that. But seriously, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a big fan of Bloodborne, and I would love it to play on 60 FPS. Because on a PS4, I'm, gl- I'm glad we can. Good. I'm I'm really happy we keep bringing everything back to like Dark Souls and Bloodborne <laughs> and that whole series. <laughs> Come on, yeah, Dark it really Souls. helps. Cause I can't like. contribute because I don't know anything about what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I think uh, for you to get a grip on and uh, an understanding, we probably need to do a special podcast for Souls games and Souls genre in general. And analyze and go into the story and all those things. That may be going to change your mind. But other than that, I don't think you're going to be able to play. Kyle, what are your thoughts on the profaned capital in Dark Souls 3? Can I just jump off a bridge? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Actually, yes, you can jump off a bridge. And there is a special thing you can do if you jump off a bridge. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) What about the uh, Grand Archives? Maybe you've heard of the Kiln of the First Flame. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the Painted World of Ariandel. I don't know. Yeah, I hate that place. So, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pull a Remember No Russian thing on you, real, real quick. <laughs> remember, oh, no Russian. No Russian. Oh, there was. I think there's a similar. I think there's a tradition in the uh, Infinity World or. Call of Duty in general, they want to do a controversial mission. I think in the, even in the last one, there is a mission like this where you proceed in, through in an apartment. One, you mean? Yeah, oh, okay. in Modern Warfare. And you proceed oh, well, through an apartment in the night and everything. Yeah, well, there's the one you're in uh, Piccadilly Circus in, in London, and there's like a, a terrorist attack where citizens are, the civilians are getting shot and blown up and stuff like that. And then there is one where you go through uh, an apartment building there's like what three or four floors, Kyle? Right? It's a house. Well, Something it's an like apartment that. building when you're trying to find what's as nuts. Well, it is, and it's a breach. It is like clear. a house essentially. Yeah, it's like four, or five floors, maybe. Maybe I think it was a little bit more than that. Yeah. I was remembering. I don't know. But yeah, was... there's there's like mothers with their there's like a baby at one point. Yeah, and you have to like make the decision not to kill. Uh, so basically, you need yeah, to. Yeah, but target. if you don't, like some of those women pull like AKs out from under the bed and whatnot, and uh, you don't know yeah. who's. Who you can trust and who you can't. The biggest problem is the same character model, by the way. I don't know if you guys noticed or not. It's the same kind of type. They sometimes change slight things. So that's even more confusing. So you don't know if she is going to be just screaming or going to bring an AK. And I hate yeah. the fact that AKs are tied into terrorist attacks now. 
<laughs> when you think of an AK-47, it's always terrorism. I mean, we make a lot of AK-47. I think of durability. It's true. They're really durable guns. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah, you can... It lasts really long, and it's easy doesn't to make, require too much. It's a simple yeah. machine, yeah. Every time you see them in these games, they're like the old beat-up Russian wooden, like, AK. I know. It's no, that's because stupid. it's partially right. It's partially right. It's not yeah. completely wrong. Yeah. I don't know. It, you're you're right about that. It is partially right. But at the same time, it's like, you know, terrorists have modern weapons at times too. <laughs> you know, they're not they're not all living under what, rocks. RPKs or and fucking Dude, PKMs. Are, PKMs are vicious. Those are particularly vicious. They RPGs. No, but seriously, most of the quote unquote terrorism going on is remnants from the old soviet russia and of course for the most, most of the weaponry are ak's and russian made stuff yeah so that, that was something i was going to bring up too you mentioned rpgs why do they only ever use explosive rounds in those in video games do they not know that there's multiple variants of those like there's incendiary rounds you can fire out of those like there's um uh, high velocity armor piercing rounds oh yes like oh, there, yeah. there's all sorts of variants of that and it's always the same one where it's just an exploding round where you fire it and it zooms up into the air. And she's like, all right, there's... No, no, there's no, but that, you but... know, the Call of Duty genre is it's dumb. It's a corridor shooter. That's the description. It's just you shooting in a corridor. You don't need to think too much. You just shoot. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking yeah, which or... uh, game, I'm trying to think which game uses incendiary rounds and everything. And, uh, oh yeah, no, 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 the division. I was thinking about the division, the first one, because you kind of needed sometimes to use uh, the incendiary rounds. There are incendiary rounds. There's what? Is there? There's electrical rounds. Uh, at least shock the rounds, rounds, incendiary rounds, explosive rounds, rounds. shock rounds. Thank there's, you. Explosive. there's explosive rounds. Um, yeah, no, not, a lot of games don't use anything like that for the most part. They even had it in um, Left 4 Dead. I remember they used to have. Special rounds mm-hmm. you could pick up. Oh, um, yeah. Call of Duty, or not Call of Duty, Battlefield. Did they? I don't remember yeah. in Battlefield. Oh, for the shotguns, they had explosive rounds. Oh, that's true. Rounds, You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon's Breath ammo. Oh, One thing I hate about yeah. all of these FPS games is their inaccurate depiction of, number one, shotguns, and number two, silences. In real life, when yeah, you see a silence, uh, it makes yeah suppressors in general. It makes your gun basically good. It's better accuracy and uh, sometimes even but more trajectory. Whereas in video games, if you put a tr- silence on your gun, well, your gun is becoming you know uh, some weak version of itself for some reason. And the same for shotguns. If you get if you just get a tiny bit away from someone, you can't even graze him. Even though in real life, mm-hmm. shotguns do have a range. That's another thing that bugs me too, is not just in games, but in movies, people put a suppressor on their gun and all of a sudden it's like dead silent. Yeah. It's like, that's not the case. <laughs> like, it's, you can still hear it fairly easily. They're, it's just, that's what people, the get, only, it's, that's why they like, it's stupid. Everyone's like, oh, it's, it's a silencer. It makes your gun quiet. Like, no, it's a suppressor. It's mainly just muzzle flash. Yeah. It just, it's, <laughs> it just, it lowers it a little bit. I, I mean, there are, you can get shot. It reduces the sound Integrated a bit suppressors. It, you know, stuff like yeah. that. But it's not like, 
It's not going to go from you standing next to me with a fucking 50 cal putting a suppressor on it. And then it's like a little tink when it comes out. It's like, yeah, like you, no. you turn to the side. It's like, oh, I didn't even hear you fire it. It's like, no, <laughs> no, it's not accurate. It's not like I feel a shockwave from the fifth there or nothing. It's just like, oh, you fired. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's what annoys me <laughs> because I know with Call of Duty Ghosts in particular, they bragged about their audio. They're like, yeah, we, we made it so like if a grenade goes off, the sound will go off in that building and it'll sound like one thing, but then the shockwave will carry around and it'll sound, the sound will bounce off of different surfaces to where you're at. And the same thing applies to the weapons. And then, like, I remember in that game, you put a suppressor on and it's dead silent again. The honey Every Call of Duty game is like that. Yeah, it's like completely silent. It's like, what is this? This is not how this works. Now, again, back to the conversation of design and overcommitment. Just mm-hmm. first, Make good voice, uh, good audio for your guns. Second, if your shooter is a competitive shooter, make certain those noises and those sounds are good in a competitive environment. Don't try to record a real gun and then use it in your game only for that real gun to be a hindrance for multiplayer. It happens in the new Call of Duty too. People, you know, couldn't hear footsteps. The guns were not well recorded, and that's dumb. Screw the realism. Make a unique sound and try to make it in a competitive environment. So if someone is firing an AK, for example, I can understand that's an AK. I know what I'm going to get against without seeing it. It's not just a bunch of weird noises because at the end of the day, most guns make the same noise for people who are not used to guns. It's just an explosion of sound and uh, that's it. You have to be seriously an expert in the domain to kind of discern between an M4 and an, an M16 and, an, I don't know, one of those uh, brand guns. And uh, that's yeah. the thing. In video games, just make unique noises, uh, unique sounds, and have us identify them. But, you know, they're not going to be mm-hmm. doing that, and uh, you're going to get complaints all day, every day. Yeah. Favorite sound in existence for any game? M1 Grand. M1 Grand. After you shoot the eighth round, <laughs> you hear the ting. Oh, it's oh, great. Yes. And especially oh, yeah. in World War II, where they specifically made that sound immensely loud. They did. Yeah, they just bumped the audio up a bunch. And like, yeah, you like it. You know you like it. It's we like know you bitches you like are it. jealous. I'm using an M1 kicking your asses. <laughs> no, the yeah, you just start the this game. Happens. You fire off all your rounds just to hear it. You're like, ah, oh, good. Good. Now I don't care what happens the rest of the game. <laughs> Because I was huge on Counter-Strike. I know every sound of every gun. And I know when someone is using using a specific one. Because each gun had a specific noise. If you you hear him, you know which gun is is he using. The AK, iconic. The AWM, holy cow. If he fires an AWM, it's the most iconic. I think it's the most iconic sound ever. (laughs) You know, it's it's the same sound. They know it. It's one shot you and you have to know how to play use play style immediately changes when you hear that noise the m4 has its own noise and so on and so forth and i like that it was great that's what i think that's why counter-strike is so popular yeah it goes back to what we were saying yesterday which was you can make it as realistic as you want but you have to make it accessible and you have to give visual and audio cues that allow the game to be accept, uh, accessible. Yeah, sacrifice a bit of your pride and, uh, you know, realism, quote-unquote, and just do a good game. Just do a good game. Yeah. 
yeah, I feel like too often they're just like, all right, we're going to fire a gun and then like they'll fire a pistol and they're like, all right, now we're just going to take that same audio clip and just speed it up a lot. And that's going to be the sound of an automatic gun. It's like, no, what are you doing? Just confusing us. Everything sounds the same. Yeah. Like I said, I don't really have a whole lot else to add. We're an hour and a half now. It's our longest podcast yet by far. Um, Anyone, did anyone have anything else to add on yet before we wrap it up? Oh, like I said yesterday, I Dark will Souls. not be able to shut up. If you want me to speak about video games, I will make books and books about video games. So I'm just going to shut up and uh, let the uh, podcast get into an end. All right. Kyle, did you have anything else you, you wanted to add? No, I'm good. No? You, you didn't want to talk about like an Orlando or anything? or. Uh... No, 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 no. I have yeah. one thing for Kyle. Yeah. Road of Sacrifices. I want Kyle to make one thing for me. Just do this one thing for me. Make certain to drink red tea or black tea, whatever you guys call it, with some lemon and honey. That's going to really, really do wonders for your cold right now. And especially the cough. <laughs> and it's a delicious beverage, you know, at the end of the day. You know what might help calm you down? Beer. If you If you go <laughs> and you just... You, no, you just fight the deacons of the deep. There's just a lot Shut of them. And the it, fuck up. Ah, it's man. You know, like Pontiff Sullivan. He was a he was a pain the first time. I the, the, the design of Pontiff Sullivan is amazing. His design is amazing. <laughs> when, you know, when he brings his two glowing swords, that was amazing. It feels like some Starcraft stuff. You know, oh Star Wars, not or Starcraft. When, uh, the dancer of the Boreal Valley, first time. Random. Yeah. That was oh interesting. Not what I expected. You guys sound like Star Wars nerds right now. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? The Abyss Watchers. They just keep multiplying. They fight each other. Naruto yeah. Shadow Clone Jutsu. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, Kyle, you know what I'm talking about. Champion Gunder. Come on. The Ancient Witch. Now, here's, here's an interesting bit. One of my friends. The Soul of Cinder. Come on. One of my friends who loves Dark Souls, <laughs> his family name mm-hmm. is Gunder. Seriously. Nice. So he starts playing the game and, you know, the tutorial boss is, uh, you know, champion Gundir. And he's like, mm-hmm. holy cow, that's my family name. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'll stop talking about Dark Souls for now. I know he hates it. We'll wrap up the podcast. Go check out all things Yagami on youtube i'll link it in the description and and i'll make sure i link it everywhere on our social medias uh we really appreciate having you on it was a lot of fun it was a pleasure i'm so happy i got to talk to somebody about dark souls and uh and all sorts of stuff uh if you're ever uh if you ever want to come back on we'd be happy to have you thank you again thank you again uh go check us out go check him out uh digestproductions.live links to everything i got our merch shop updated um, I updated the website a bit to reflect that. Uh, jerseys are on the way. As soon as I get a sample in, uh, everything should go live on there. Yeah, i been doing a lot of work since I've been stuck at home. So this is episode 11. Thank you for listening, everybody.